Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. I got a, a present for Christmas. And it's not the kind you want. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll get into that. I'm back in the great choir. <laughs> That's right, folks. We're going to party like it's 2020. Travis is home with COVID. Come on. Always late, and, always late to the party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I did not expect this for Christmas or my anniversary or my wife's birthday, but it is what it is, and it's always a trade-off. It's like, do you want to be sick on vacation or do you want to make lesson plans? <laughs> well, welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Uh, this is a movie podcast where we talk about movies and shit. This is our yeah. annual top of episodes the top 23 of 2023 and we were just talking about it's how the top of the pops we were just talking about how i think we did this remotely in 2020 because we were probably under uh pandemic rules maybe pandemic great choir whatever you want to call it but seriously how are you feeling i'm okay i'm uh fairly congested uh in the sinus area not so much here or here but right in this general area but uh i will persevere well that's good to hear uh i hope that i hope you pull through with flying colors in time for our our next episode after this one which we'll talk about at the end of the show okay uh but yeah this is the top 23 of 2023 uh this is where you and i exchange our uh favorites that we've seen this year and of course we always lead off with the disclaimer we are not professionals we are not paid to watch movies so we've not seen all the movies although if anybody would like to pay me to watch movies i'm really good at it oh i'm down with that totally and we're not ranking these necessarily in strict order either no i'm doing mine in chronological order by release date oh you are okay well, yeah uh that's interesting i'll uh, try to keep up with you then and uh strike them off my list as you as we hit our duplicates i uh, shot i i probably should have mentioned this in pre-production that's okay no no it's fine <laughs> you're you're uh you got covid brain it's okay you get a pass well you're the guest this time so uh well, thank you you get to lead off as i mentioned i'm doing mine in order of release and the first three films on my list are actually 2022 releases but they came to us in the year 2023 like they probably hit some festivals first and then were available to the mainstream audiences in this year of our lord 2023 So the first one I'm going to go with is Sisu, S-I-S-U, from 2022. It was directed by Jalmari Helander, and it stars Jorma Tamila. It's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. When an ex-soldier who discovers gold in the Lapland wilderness tries to take the loot into the city, Nazi soldiers led by a brutal SS officer battle him. Now, Sean, did you watch this movie? I have not seen this movie. I remember it coming out, and it's just one of those that I never got around to watching. So the word, this is my review, the word Sisu is a Finnish concept of stoic determination and tenacity. This engrossing war-slash-action film follows an aging but capable prospector trying to protect his gold and his life from a Nazi death squad in the barren Lapland region of Finland during World War II. 
I thought it was great. Um, and that, that finished concept of Sisu is kind of intriguing. It sounds cool. I wish I had seen it. Um, well, it's never too late, Sean. <laughs> well, it's too late for this episode unless you want to pause for a couple of hours. Well, then I'm going to stay with you on this uh, 2022 released in 2023 type journey. Um, uh-huh. And I'm going to go with one that you and I did debate previous to this episode, whether or not it was included. And it is the Australian film Talk to Me. Oh, so good. Uh, released in 2022. I've watched it three times since it came out. Yeah, I mean, it released in 2022 in Australia. It uh, became available to us in the States, I think in like July, perhaps. Somewhere around then, yeah, this past summer. And it's just amazing. It, it, it's a horror movie. It absolutely is. It, it's a horror movie. It goes hard. Uh, it's kind of derivative from the Bloody Mary type game or the, the playing with the Ouija board. Yeah. Um, and it very much is kind of a, um, a metaphor for uh, peer pressure. Very much so. But uh, in terms of horror thrills and jumps and just really testing the limits of what uh, you're willing to sit through as an audience member on the scary side, uh, this one delivers on all fronts. So can I just say, you mentioned jumps. Audiences are used to, by this point, a certain amount of jump scares in their horror movies. These are very organic. It's not a contrived notion. 100% agree with you there. Um, visceral would be the other word that I used. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we get into some of the... Uh, meat of the plot after you get past the initial uh, setup of these kids. Uh, I guess we should kind of do a plot summary. Well, I can, I have that because this is my third one on the list. Well, hit it. Uh, Talk to Me from 2022. Directors Danny Philippou and Michael Philippou. I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing that correct. Uh, correctly. It stars Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, Joe Bird, Otis Janji, Miranda Otto, and Zoe Tarakis. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. And my review, one of the best horror movies I've seen in recent memory, genuinely scary with some cool practical effects. And I think that should be pointed out that a lot of the um, special effects in this were practical. It's 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 a, it's one of my favorites of the year. I have it kind of in my top five. All right, so going to me next. Yes. Um, my next one is going to be kind of an awkward movie, but it has a it has a silver lining. Um, it's called Biosphere from 2022. Directed by Mel Eslin. It stars Sterling K. Brown and Mark Duplass. It's got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. In the not-too-distant future, the last two men on Earth must adapt to evolve and save humanity. Did you see this one? I did not. Biosphere. Uh, It's a non-official sequel to Biodome. No, so basically it's, you know, Mark Duplass. You're aware of Mark Duplass. The Duplass brothers. Yes, and then Sterling K. Brown, um, African-American actor. He's in This Is Us and a lot of other stuff. 
they are the last two people on the world and they basically adapt to reproduce uh, mark duplis becomes the carrier of a child so i said i definitely went in fairly blind once you get past the awkwardness there is a clever and timely premise and it's basically about you know how we're destroying our planet what do you got next well i'm since i did not get the memo about the chronological order i'm going to stick with my original uh format for my list (laughs) otherwise i'm going to get really confused this is one that came out not too terribly long ago and it's probably become my favorite film of the year it's the holdovers oh so good directed by alexander payne Yes. Reuniting with Paul Giamatti. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, Paul Giamatti and a first-time actor, at least according to his IMDb, playing the young student. Dominic Sessa. That's him. Dominic Sessa. And he's got only one credit on IMDb. Yes. He has big things. You and I were gushing about this movie a few episodes ago. Um, It is oozing with just vintage quality. Uh, the opening credits, the opening title cards look like they sprung right from a movie from 1970, which is the setting for the film. You're at a uh, boys' school, and they're taking their holiday break, mm-hmm. and a few boys uh, can't quite leave school yet, and Giamatti essentially pulls the shortest straw and has to stick around during break with them. And they are relegated to the cafeteria and the infirmary uh, to conserve electricity on campus. And heat. And heat. And one by one, the boys leave, except for our main character uh, next to Giamatti. And what transpires, I guess, is kind of a, uh, a friendship bond forming uh, between. Uh, yeah, I think so. Two... Like a mentor slash uh, protege. Yes. And uh, I mean, obviously a generational gap between the two. And uh, just a great movie. I constantly think about this film and I, I really love it. And I hope it does well in the award season to come because I think it definitely deserves it. He better be up for this actor. It's got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and you basically said it all, but my final point would be it looks as vintage as the setting. Yes. Just beautiful. Um, I, I can't recommend this one enough. It's really stuck with me as my favorite. All right. Next up for me, I've got knock at the cabin from 2023 directed by, by M. Night Shyamalan. The film stars Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Amuka Bird, Kristen hmm, Cooey, Abby Quinn, and Rupert Grint. Yes, that Rupert Grint. It's got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. It's a real Sophie's choice. (laughs) And my review, I said, I would call it good, but not great. Still, Dave Bautista shows us again why he is our greatest wrestler turned actor. (laughs) I saw this one. I I quite liked it. Uh, It's not on my top 23 list, but uh, it was enjoyable. And it's kind of funny that it came out early in the year because it almost bookends perfectly with uh, Leave the World Behind. 
Yeah, it does. So yeah, I you know I didn't like the end of that movie. I know you didn't. Other than that, I thought it was it was fair. Well, neither one of them are on my top uh, twenty three. So, but I did I did like uh, Knock at the Cabin. I thought it was a, a good film to watch. I, I thought it was pretty cool. What do you got next? Well, it's one that you and I uh, watched. Uh, we did a double date. You and I yes. were, were with McJunkin and uh, Andy. We went and saw Godzilla minus one. Oh yeah! Directed by Takashi Yamazaki, uh, produced by the original OG Godzilla house Toho. Toho. And this movie is uh, just a freaking gem. I, I it's I, amazing. I adore it. It it takes you back to the roots of the original Godzilla film, where the focus is on the people on the ground, the character building, the relationships, the struggle that they face in the. Uh, and the adversity of this uh, unspeakable monster. And so we're, you know, at the tail end of World War II, the entire country of Japan is in a state of recovery. And talk about kicking them when they're down. Godzilla comes and just starts fucking them up. Hence the title. And Godzilla... Because I mean, God, they're yeah. at ground zero yes. at the beginning of the movie, being in post-war Japan. And then Godzilla comes, so that's minus minus one. one. You're just down one lower. The government is slow to respond, and as a result, a citizen militia is formed, and a plan is hatched to take on Godzilla. And at the very core of this is a cowardly kamikaze pilot who seeks redemption. Um, I agree with the redemption. I wouldn't go so far as to call him cowardly. Well, initially he was just being pragmatic, but uh, yeah. in, in the eyes of some of his peers and in the heat of nationalism, he was seen as cowardly. Uh, so I have this on my list as well. Yes, please. Uh, it's number 23, so I'm just going to be jumping around. But my review is very much a throwback to the old Toho Kaiju films. Amazing they pulled this off with such a small budget. A real treat. To further underscore just how good of a film this is, it's going to be re-released in January in black and white. So I thought that was kind of a yeah. neat, a neat touch to kind of get some extra mileage out of it and give us an excuse to go watch it again. I'll do it, presuming I test negative. <laughs> You'll get there. I have faith. All right. So this is another one we watch in the theater together. Uh, we've been on a lot of movie dates this year, Sean. Yeah, baby. Uh, it's Cocaine Bear. <laughs> From 2023, directed by one Elizabeth Banks. It stars Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Alden Ehrenreich, and Ray Liotta. Rest in peace. It's dedicated to Liotta, who died in May of 2022. We've got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Description. An oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converge on a Georgia forest where a huge black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. Unintentionally in quotations. Uh, my review, a non-stop thrill ride with plenty of laughs as well. Glad I watched this one in the theater. Um, it was fun. It was a fun movie and uh, there are certain things that could have been done to make it better. I think there was a lack of commitment on what, degree of comedy they were going for or right seriousness and they I, I i wish elizabeth banks had picked a lane uh on on how to approach it otherwise 
it's fine as That's it is. It's fine as it is. I just think it could have been a lot better if it had gone full on slapstick yeah. comedy or full on serious. Either way, entertaining film. Indeed. Um, my next entry in the top 23, and I, I've been very careful not to make recency bias a thing that influences my list, but... Uh, it is a thing, though, right? It is, it's very real, but uh, I, I watched... Unfortunately, you did not because you were ill. Uh, I watched, oh, you son of a bitch. I watched The Iron Claw. You motherfucker. Uh, directed by Sean Durkin, uh, starring uh, Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Holt McAnally, um about the famous wrestling family, the Von Erichs from the 1980s. And I'm going to borrow from Todd's review on Letterboxd when he said, um, it plays out like a Shakespearean tragedy, except it really happened. It's, it borders on ludicrous. Like if, if this was fiction, you'd say this is just too unbelievable, this sequence of, of unfortunate events. Uh, but it, it really happened. And the family's rise and uh, tragic fall from grace um, is is phenomenal. Uh, not to get too much. May in, I ask a question? Go for it. Yes. Okay. Do they touch on the prosthetic foot? Yes. Okay. That's all I needed to know. Yes, they do. Um, I think that this is a role of a lifetime for Zac Efron. If he does not get Oscar consideration, I will be shocked. Um, At the very least, he got ripped. His, well, he's always been ripped, but he definitely went above and beyond for this. Uh, he bulked up, and he has the physique of a superhero. He totally committed. I, I was really just blown away by his performance. Uh, Lily James is in this. Uh, Maura, yeah. Tier, Maura Tierney is in it. Uh, just some. Nuh uh. Yeah. Uh, just some, from the cutting edge? What? I don't know if she's from the cutting edge. Maura Tierney? Yeah, from the cutting edge. Is she from the cutting edge? I don't know. Wow. Uh, she plays. Yeah, she plays the, the mother. Girl. She plays the mother. Uh, you know. You know. You'll know. Uh, Holt, Moira Tierney. Moira Tierney. You'll know Holt McAnally from the Netflix series Mindhunter. We've talked about him for various. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, he is the father of the the Van, Von Erich family. He is Fritz Von Erich, and if, is he the partner in Mindhunter? Yes. He's the serious, Wonderful. yeah, he's the serious uh, old school detective. In this, he embodies that father. Uh, I watched a uh, documentary from Vice about the Von Erich family after the fact. And uh -huh. seeing the footage of Fritz Von Erich, comparing it to Holt's performance, completely blown away by this man's ability to embody this. Very well cast. Hard-nosed, yet loving, firm father. Uh, just a, a really, really surprisingly good film. Um, I would, I would recommend people checking the, check this one out. It's, it is uh, definitely a good one. The only thing he loved more than wrestling was his voice. Uh, you're up, man. I've got one. It's called Bottoms from 2023, directed by Emma Seligman, who co-wrote who co-wrote it with Rachel Sinat. The film stars Sinat. Uh, several other people who I'm not going to attempt to pronounce their names. We've got, oh, also Marshawn Lynch. And it's got a 90% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation. Uh, uh, from the team that brought us Shiva Baby, 
in 2020. This is the awkward teen lesbian comedy we deserve. Very, very good. Uh, I'm assuming the one name that you can't pronounce is the uh, actress from the TV series The Bear. Ayo Edebiri? Yeah. I, I will, There's a lot of other I'll butcher that name too. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was really neat seeing her playing a high schooler. Yeah. Because in The Bear, she very clearly plays older. An adult, yeah. Um, so neat seeing that. It kind of reminded me, of, this movie reminded me of Superbad in a lot of ways. Indeed. Uh, in addition to Fight Club. It is on my list. Uh, so uh, good on you for bringing it up because I thought it was uh, uh, a good a good representation of a female director, female driven cast. Um, there's a theme in my list. I think about a quarter of my films are rite of passage slash coming of age films starring women. For some reason okay. that, that was a theme this year and it, it shows up several times. And just for the listeners, if you have not watched Shiva baby, Oh gosh, do yourself a favor. I believe it's streaming on uh, max, not your dog. But the former HBO. He's in here right now. He's recording with me. I hear his collar. He's yeah. a smart boy. He really is. Okay, my what next. Got next. Well, my next film uh, is in my top five, and it surprises me that it's in my top five. But I have watched this movie more times than any of the new releases this year, and it is Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. This is on my list as well. Uh, this was directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, so John Francis Daly, you would know from Freaks and Geeks. Yes. And uh, I believe he was also in like one of those uh, CSI type shows. Yeah. But uh, he has gone on to be writing partners with Jonathan Goldstein, and they've directed a few things together. Uh, this is the D&D movie that nerds like me who grew up with D and D deserve mm-hmm. and what we've been wanting all these years. Uh, it's easy to forget all the failures that led up to this point. Uh, it is a clever three. It, there were three yeah, just terrible movies, but this one gets it right because it has the correct mix of humor, the correct mix of fantasy and action and adventure. And I think that they, you can tell that there is a certain love for the source material from the creators of this film because it definitely shows through. Uh, you've got Chris Pine and the lead role along with Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez and I'm sure Jean Page and uh, Justice Smith, Sophia yeah. Lillis and Hugh Grant. And we got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I I adore this film. Uh, it, it's, it made me laugh. Um, we also watched this in the movie theater together. A charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. I think AI wrote this. <laughs> um, my review, so much fun, exclamation point. Finally, after three misfires... They actually got it right. Perhaps the comedic element was what they were missing. Uh, You're up next with your next pick. All right, I've got um, Bo is Afraid, 2023, directed by Ari Aster, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Patti Lapone, Amy Ryan, and Nathan Lane. We've got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Kafka-esque odyssey back home. My review, 
If you like the feeling of a fever dream combined with a bad acid trip, then this is the film for you. <laughs> um, this one got nudged out by a couple of newcomers on my list, uh, but uh, I did enjoy it. It was uh, anxiety-inducing. Very much so. Very much uh, tough to watch it from a distance because you really get pulled into some of the emotion of the film. But uh, I, the reason I pushed it out of my top is that I felt that the storyline was a little too serpentine. It just kind of meanders over too many places kind of loses me by the end of the film especially after the really really strong start it was like if a big fish was not a happy story that's a good point so so it's a it's basically a prequel to her (laughs) that's a nice take on that Uh, that's uh that's interesting i never thought of that hey let me go grab another beer okay you want to do a beer check-in? Yeah, you go ahead and grab. All right. Um, are you checking in what I think you're checking in? Oh, you know it. It's kind of become this a tradition. Is, uh, it's courtesy of a porch drop <laughs> today by my good friend. And this is a uh, 2018 issue of what? Bourbon County. Bourbon County, made in Chicago. Yes, by Goose Island and Brewing. it is a... A stout, <laughs> and they're usually pretty strong. Right? This one's fifteen point two percent. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I've been sipping on mine uh, as we've been going along, and I find uh, speech to be more and more of a challenge. So um, there we go. <laughs> yeah, this is a tradition. This is uh, this is what a five-year-old bottle, and I just happen to have mo- uh, duplicates, so I br- dropped one off to you, so we could both enjoy at our remote locations. Oh, it's really good. Max is licking the microphone. <laughs> Chocolatey, um, roasty, smooth. Definitely. I feel like some roasted chestnuts are on the fire. There you have it. Sticking with my order, uh, I'm going to check in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, boy. Uh, this one got nudged out of the top five for me uh, because of a couple of things that I had issue with. You film. didn't like his um, sling blade face. Yeah, I really felt that uh, Leo was leaning hard into that sling blade kind of thing to push his simplicity. Yeah, and I think that it could have been done a little bit more elegantly. Um, and then I, I, I just and this isn't his fault, but I feel like Robert De Niro is has been playing the same part for the last 10, 12 years, and I don't understand why, but. Uh, in any case, you did mention that, and I agree with you. But in this particular role, he very much embodied one of my former uh, bosses, one of my former superiors, <laughs> and I did not care for it. Yeah. Well, all that aside, I mean, that, that's those are my two misgivings for a really great film. Uh, I thought that the movie itself was was good. The the as you would expect with a Scorsese film. The, the, just the beautiful cinematography, just the gorgeous uh, setting, and uh, some some really great performances. I felt that Jesse Plemons' arrival on in the film was just perfectly timed. Like right when, on time. When he steps on, into into frame, it's just like, oh, thank God, there's Jesse Plemons. Now we can get things going. I liked it. I thought it was it, it was a, it was a important story to tell. Um, one that uh, one of those dark so times. So I can follow up with that. 
uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, who I think really pulled it off, and Jesse Plemons. We've got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, based on David Grant's broadly lauded best-selling book, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's set in 1920s Oklahoma and depicts the serial murder of members of the oil-wealthy Osage Nation, a string of brutal crimes that come to be known as the Reign of Terror. My review, be prepared for a long haul that is totally worth it, as Martin Scorsese tells the story of the Osage murders as only he can. All right. So I yeah. am next. I'm getting all mixed around here now because I'm commenting <laughs> on the movies that you're checking in. Uh, but next one I've got is Quasi. Quasi from 2023. It's from the Broken Lizard Boys. Directed by Kevin Heffernan, okay. as people would know as Officer Fava. Uh, the film stars Brian Cox, Steve Lemmy, Jay Chandrasekhar, and Kevin Heffernan. It's got a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes, Ooh. which is criminally, criminally low. Uh, it follows a hapless hunchback who yearns for love, but finds himself in the middle of a murderous feud between the Pope and the King of France when each orders the hunchback to kill the other. <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. My review. Broken Lizard is back, baby! <laughs> While I don't think it should be their highest-rated Rotten Tomatoes movie, it has plenty of laugh-out-loud moments. So, forty-six, or sorry, forty-one percent is the highest-rated Broken Lizard movie. They're a lot of fun. I think Super Troopers or Beer Fest should be higher. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, Super Troopers has uh, aged well. All right, well, this is going to be a, a stark contrast. Um, although it has have its comedic elements, I'm uh, checking in uh, Asteroid City. By yes, Wes, boy. By Wes it's another Once one of our. Once again, it's one of our date movies. The yeah. Movie theater. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one is uh, a beautiful film in terms of visual uh, compositions. Uh, the, the the colors are just gorgeous simultaneously desaturated and punchy with color i don't know how they did it but it's just one of those films that stands alone in terms of how it looks in terms of it color. looks like a polaroid photograph it reminds me of like a postcard like one of those like 1950s yes. tourist postcards and this is, of course, directed by Wes by Anderson. By Wes Anderson. And the thing that impressed me the most about it were some of the, the multi-level storytelling. We've got the the main action. Then we've got the uh, uh, the, play, the play. And then we've got yeah. the documentary that's being It's narrated. multi-layered. It's so crazy. It's, like, it's you, like an onion. It's like you break the fourth wall and then you break the fifth wall. Um, it was so good. I loved it so much. Uh, it's on my list as well. Go ahead and give us uh, the details. It stars Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, and Jeffrey Wright. We've got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is a little low in, in my opinion. Uh, following a writer on his world-famous fictional play 
about a grieving father who travels with his tech-obsessed family to a small rural asteroid city to complete a junior stargazing event, only to have his worldview disrupted forever. My review, a perfect addition to Wes Anderson's catalog of eccentric films, had so much fun watching on the big screen. Exclamation point. <laughs> uh, it's a good one. I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess my only, uh, the, the only druthers I have about this is if I had my druthers and I'm sure Wes as well, uh, Bill Murray was originally supposed to play, uh, Tom right. Hanks part, but there was something he was conflicted. He was shooting something else. Or was he busy being canceled? Maybe. Mm. Uh, uh, something might have been lost in translation. <laughs> Good one. I like that. Uh, all right, you're up next. I've got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse from 2023, uh, directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. They needed three directors. The film stars Shamik Moore, Haley Stanfield, Brian Tyree Henry, what about that paper boy? Luna and Lauren Velez. It's got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse when he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle the new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. My review. Far heavier themes than the first installment, higher production value as well. I love this movie. I think that they, that the, the animated Spider-Man films outclass anything that Disney Marvel has done. And uh, it's this, really good animation. Yeah, and this is this is the uh, a, you know still a Sony product at this point. And I just think they do a great job. Uh, so, yeah, this was on my list. Uh, it was my number 19. What do you got next? Well, you know, it's another one of those coming-of-age uh, Rite of Passage movies. Uh, directed is by it Ninja Turtles? Directed by a female director with a female cast. Uh, this is, of course, Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Oh, Barbie did not make it onto my list. Really? Yeah, it didn't make it. It was one of our date movies. I know, but... Um, so I watched the Eras tour, and it really bumped that out of the competition. Okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, not not really. I guess it's up to me then to uh, to talk about uh, what's so great about this film. Uh, you should, as I said, uh, and I think in my review, and I said to many people, I felt that this movie did a great job balancing uh, feminist, uh, not agendas. I don't want to use that word. But just feminist sensibilities and a feminist uh, plotline in a in a way that was palatable palatable for a wide audience. However, as you and I both learned at the bar, uh, even that was still a little too much for some people to handle. Well, they really flipped the script. Uh, Barbie traditionally has been a uh, a totem of femininity but they turned it into a feminist total um, I liked it I felt it was uh, very extremely well done the 
the, the Barbie world itself is, is a great uh, feat of world building and art direction. Um, there's just, uh, there, there's some themes there that need to be put out there. And I think Greta is the one to do it. She's got that uh, sense of humor about it. Um, about some very serious. And she's got cred. She does. She has tremendous amount of cred in this field, but also she has the sense of humor to put it across in such a way where people can say, "Oh yeah, uh, you, you make a good point," and they can chuckle about it at the same time. Uh, kind of like that, kill them with kindness, make them laugh. And she did a good job, I think. That that uh, in this. So uh, yeah, Barbie's on my list. I'm surprised it's not on yours, but uh, it didn't make it to my list. To each uh, each their own. I'd like to take a moment to thank uh, Clean Feed for offering us the means to do a free recording. So if this uh, turns out great and it sounds good, uh, please uh, check them out. Recommend them to your other podcasting friends because apparently Zencaster has. Gone behind a paywall. They're behind a paywall. So uh, I'm sorry, but uh, for the one or two times a year that I use this, I am not going to pay 150 bucks a year for this. So uh, thank you. No, that's bullshit. Thank you, Clean Feed. Uh, Please uh, send us the money. Use your promo code Cinema Chop Shop. We are going to move on, though. Yes, it's your turn. We are going to march forward. I've got a little movie called They Cloned Tyrone. (laughs) did you watch this movie i did not it's so good all right so it's from 2023 directed by jewel taylor the film stars john boyega jamie fox uh tayona paris and Kiefer sutherland you got a 95 percent on rotten tomatoes a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. Hmm. My review, love the premise and the performances were off the chart. Okay, I'm going to have to check this that out. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. You really need to watch it. I will have to check that one out. Um, my next uh, on my list is a little indie flick. It's kind of a feel-good movie. It's called Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> By Christopher Nolan. Hardly an indie flick. This big, gigantic blockbuster was uh, buoyed by uh, the same release date of Barbie. So we had the Barbenheimer thing going on. Did you uh, place them next to each other on purpose? Uh, no, that's just the way they worked out. And you'll notice that I still have Barbie ahead of Oppenheimer. Uh, great film. I don't think I'll ever need to watch it again. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we were lucky. Uh, this is one of our date movies, Travis. Uh, we were lucky. Our theater had yeah. good sound balance. I know a lot of people who saw the film yeah. said they could not understand the dialogue because the music was so loud. I didn't have that problem. No, not at all. And I did actually rewatch this with my lovely wife, Michelle. I'm drinking. And, and uh, I think it's a great movie. I think that the the coincidence, the correlation of this movie coming out at the same time as Barbie is not a mistake. Definitely a great investigation into the life of this man who essentially was the most powerful man in the world by virtue of what he was able to unlock. Um and 
in turn, one of the most reviled people on the face of the earth, thanks to what he unlocked. I know a lot of people expected this movie to be about the bomb itself and about the dropping of the bomb, but hardly, uh, mm-hmm. hardly the, the focal point more about some of the politics, the backstabbing and, uh, intrigue that went on, uh, building, you know, leading up to the big event. And then of course, some of the no pun intended fallout afterwards. I believe there was a pun intended. No, no, no. I just, the only word I can think of is fallout. All right. It's your turn. My turn. All right. So I'm going to go with, oh boy, dream scenario. Yay. Dream scenario uh, from 2023 directed by Christopher Borgley. Mm-hmm. It stars Nicolas Cage, Julianne Nicholson, Lily Bird, and Jessica Clement. We got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. A hapless family man finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nighttime appearances take a nightmare's turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. Now, did you watch this one, Sean? I did, and it's on my list. So, where do you think the dreams changed? Do you think it was when he hooked up with that fangirl? Or do you think it's when he (laughs) found out that the uh, other other scientist, a philosopher, whatever, uh, used his term... I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's really, it could be any of those things, but I think that I originally said it was when he hooked up with fangirl, but then I actually reexamined the situation. And I think that it was when he discovered that he was not being credited in her book. Either, either uh, way. I think that the, uh, the, real triumph of the movie is being able to illustrate the fleeting aspect of fame in a social media kind of world and amidst a cancel culture. That is pretty much what they paint in this film. The guy finds himself thrust in the spotlight, embraces the spotlight, and then subsequently begins to despise the spotlight. My review as someone who has very vivid dreams, and can't mention a good portion of them. I identified with this film. Great performances all around, but especially from Nicolas Cage. The uh, the hooking up with the girl scene was probably one of the finest things he's ever done. <laughs> I just could not, I couldn't contain myself. I thought it was so amazing. It's a good movie. Um, next on my list is, uh, anatomy of a fall. Have not seen it by Justine Trier. This is a French film and it's not all in French. So do not be scared. Most of the film is in English and it is the story of a, a, a writer slash professor whose husband takes a fall from the top floor of their uh, ski lodge type house. And the only witness to this incident is their blind son. Why did he do that? Why did he fall? Yeah. Why did he jump? Well, you don't know if he jumped. The, 
the bulk of the film is a courtroom drama where the wife has been accused of murder. And it's an interesting look at the French judicial system versus the American judicial system. So for us to watch a conversation take place in the courtroom where a witness is being uh, deposed by an attorney to stop midway and turn to the defendant and ask them what they have to say about it and have the defendant speak is completely foreign to us because most of the time in a defense uh, case, the defendant rarely takes the stand. So it was a, a cultural learning experience for, for me to see this play out anyway. But uh, beyond that though, the, the story itself is pretty fascinating and just a neat little courtroom drama. I mean, if you like law and order, this plays into that kind of uh, uh, breadbasket. Do I have one for you? I believe I do. And I'm going through my notes here. We've got A Haunting in Venice from 2023, directed by Kenneth Branagh. The film stars, said Kenneth Branagh, Michelle Yao, Jamie Dornan, and Tina Fey. We've got a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. In a post-World War II Venice, Poirot, wait, Poirot, uh, now retired and living in his own exile, reluctantly attends a seance. But when of the other guests is murdered, it is time for the former detective to once again uncover the killer. My review starts a little slow, but pays off. Kenneth Branagh is really doing a fine job directing Agatha Christie adaptations and portraying Hercule Poirot. Very nice. Um, you know the Alien vs. Predator franchise? Of course. I think they should do a Poirot vs. Columbo franchise. Or Sherlock Holmes. Or Perry Mason. Just throw them all together. Like a super team, like the Justice League. Like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Nice. Drove uh, Sean Connery out of acting. Um, All right, my next one. The League of Extra Horny Gentlemen. (laughs) All right, my next one. You're going to love this one because this is another that you and I saw together. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Whoop, whoop. Directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyler Spears. This is a Seth Rogen and uh, what's his partner's name? Evan. Uh, this is one of their deals. Uh, this... I don't know. Did I ar- did I already talk about this? No, one? you skipped over it. You skipped right uh, over it. Or it didn't make your list, which I find criminal. 2023, directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyler Spears. This movie was so much fun. It was such a throwback nostalgia fest. Uh, the the animation style was fresh and cool, and it demonstrates to all of the Pixar heads that there are other ways to animate film. You can incorporate some really cool style, and this one definitely uh, uh, encapsulates street culture, hip-hop culture, and it's backed up by a, an amazing soundtrack. Uh, I really, really yeah. enjoyed I enjoyed this one. Uh, it definitely played to someone, and, and Travis, you're a few years younger than me, that definitely played to someone of, of your generation uh, because I was probably in college or just starting college when 
the turtles were really hitting this stride that this movie kind of zeroes in on. But uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, the film follows the Turtle Brothers as they work to earn the love of New York City while facing down an army of mutants. My review, I think that making them more like awkward teens was the right move. We don't have a lot of overlap this year. This is turning into a very long episode. <laughs> it's all good. It's fine with me. Next, I've got The the Creator. Ah, yes. For 2023. Directed by Gareth Edwards. The film stars John David Washington, Madeline Yuna Bullis, Gemma Chan, and Allison Janney. We've got a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds the secret weapon, a robot, in the form of a young child. My review. Gareth Edwards' latest is marvelous. Perhaps the best sci-fi of the year. Ironic that a movie about AI could elicit such an emotional response. And I think I told you, I nearly cried while watching this movie. I thought it was quite nice. I thought visually it was extremely well done. It is in my top 20. You didn't like it as much as me. I didn't like it as much as you. It was number 22 on my list. Um, I think mostly because the plot line was kind of like the uh, uh, Avatar fish out of water kind of thing. But beyond that, I, I thought it was really good. I, I did enjoy it. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I thought it was very nice. What do you got next? My next one is from our buddy Brandon Cronenberg. I picked Infinity Pool. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that was this year. Yes. Uh, you've, Go ahead. You've got uh, one of the, 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 the Skarsgård brothers. In the lead role as yeah, well. Alexander, Alexander. and is it is, is Mia Goth in this? Yes. Yeah. So you've got these people who are on vacation in this uh, this island republic kind of place, and if you run afoul of the law, you get killed. But it's not really your death, and I don't want to give anything else away because it's a mind fuck, as you would expect from a from a Cronenberg film. Uh, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, All right, I'll go ahead and proceed. Yeah, go for uh, it. I've got no one will save you. No, no one will save you from 2023. Directed by Brian Duffield. D-U-F-F-I-E-L-D. The film stars Caitlin Deaver, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kaluev. Zach Duhame and Lauren L. McMurtry. We got an 82, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. An exiled, anxiety-ridden homebody must battle an alien who's found its way into her home. Uh, my review went a bit further than I expected, plot-wise. Fairly decent alien invasion movie. I like this one. I, I enjoyed it. It did not make my top 23, but I did watch it and I did like you it. You saw it. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, 
My next check-in is Theater Camp, uh, directed by Molly. I almost put this on mine. <laughs> directed by Molly Gordon and Nick almost. Lieberman. I liked it just because films like these don't come along very often, and uh, yeah, it it we does, have to appreciate theater culture. Yeah, and it does a great job of of talk of making fun of and celebrating theater culture at the same time. Uh, theater as a stagecraft is often mocked and ridiculed. Uh, theater nerds, that kind of thing. Uh, especially people who actually go away to camp for it uh, and make it uh, a big focal point of their lives. It's funny. It's good. I, I liked it, and uh, it deserves to be watched by more people. All right. I've got Totally Killer from 2023, directed by Don Achka Khan. The film stars Kieran Shipka, Olivia Holt, Charlie Gillespie and Lachlan Monroe. We got an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. When the infamous, quote, Sweet 16 killer returns 35 years after his first murder spree to claim another victim, 17 year old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987, determined to stop the killer before he can start. My review. Very fun comedy. Horror. Sci-fi. That is like if a... If a hot tub time machine and Scream had a baby. <laughs> I agree. I like this movie. It didn't make my list, but I, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, my next film is another coming-of-age rite of passage film for women are you there god it's me margaret directed by kelly freeman craig this is the judy bloom yes right yes and as i I did not watch it uh you should watch it as i said in my review i had conflated in my mind that i had read this one or it had been read to me but uh apparently my uh, fourth grade teacher stopped at like tales of a fourth grade nothing and didn't go into this because this she is the kind of thing before she had her period right uh this is definitely not one for the class of fourth graders one of the Sa- Ben Safties in it and i thought he was very good uh but it's uh, i don't like that show though it's a tough one to like uh, i don't think you're supposed to like it but anyway uh I thought it was good. I thought that uh, the, the curse. Yes, the curse. I definitely think they captured that whole uh, '70s vibe uh, very nicely, and it's an important film for people to watch because it confronts uh, a lot of religious discussions as well as uh, young girls uh, growing into womanhood. My final film of this glorious. Uh, I guess monument to the year of 2023 is The Mill. Uh, It was directed by Sean King O'Grady. The film stars Lil Rel Howery, Patrick Healy, Karen Oblion, and Patrick Fisher. We got a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Chuck Hill is unfair. Hmm. A businessman mysteriously wakes up 
in an open-air prison cell with only an old grist mill. Hmm. Forced to work as a beast of burden, he must find a way to escape before the birth of his child. My review. A stinging indictment of corporate culture. Lil Rel is fantastic, and I did not foresee the twist. Ooh. Um, wow, you've already exhausted your list. We must have had, you overlapped me on a few. I've got several more to go, uh, so I'm going to blaze through these uh, real quickly. Go ahead. Uh, next on my list is Flora and Son, directed by John Carney. I did not watch this. A uh, mother and her very challenging 13-year-old son, in an effort to connect with him, she gets a second-hand guitar, and uh, he's not interested, but she is, so she takes guitar lessons online from uh, Joey Gordy Levi's Joey Gordon Levi's. Yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt is her guitar instructor via the internet. And, uh, they kind of, uh, I don't know. They, they learn together to love and sing and enjoy music worth seeing. Uh, next on my list is Aporia directed by Jared Moshi. I, told you about this one it's worth checking out it is not a time travel movie but it you is definitely a, uh, recommended it to me. it's a film that uh, was recommended to me by red letter media and instead of time travel a woman who's recently widowed their next door neighbor who is a scientist who had been friends with her scientist husband uh confides in her that they were working on a time machine, but it didn't quite work out. Instead, they can send a particle back in time. And if you can locate where a person would be in that exact time and space, you can kill them because traveling particles disrupt the brain. So they really fucked up, Sean. So they kill the drunk driver who was going to kill her husband. And then her husband returns the butterfly effect is a big part of this film and it's very much a companion, I think to uh primer, but not nearly as uh, boring as primer. And I hate to say that cause I like primer that film. is kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. This one does not quite as boring. Um, if you're not like a tech head. Yeah. But it is subtle like primer. Uh, Judy Greer is the lead in this film and I think she's great. Uh, next one will probably send Travis through the ceiling. I uh, have salt burn. Boo! By Emerald Fennell. You have not finished watching. You haven't finished watching it. You have a hang-up about bodily fluids, apparently. Yeah. Um, I don't. So uh, I quite like this movie. I kind of wanted to write it off as being a little sensationalist. But after it set with me for a few days, I really thought about this one and said, yeah, this is a pretty cool movie. Next up for me is When Evil Lurks by Damien Rugna. When evil lurks, it is. This is a horror film. It's a horror film. Uh, it is a uh, South American horror film, and you talk about go hard. I mean, when uh, talk to me goes hard, this one goes even harder. Uh, there is a no uh, there is a turning point in this film where you're like, "What the fuck's happening?" Uh, really, quite good. Then my final film is one that I just watched and I had to put it in because it keeps with my year long theme of coming of age, rite of passage movies directed by female directors. This one's called how to have sex. 
Oh, I just saw this today being released. Uh, Molly Manning Walker is the director. It is a movie about three uh, British girls who've just finished high school and they go to a resort for kind of like our spring break. So this made it into your top 23. Yes, um, because it does an exceptional job of showing the mundaneness and awkwardness of losing one's virginity. Yeah. And it's told from a female perspective and it kind of calls into question consent as well as sexual assault, but not in a heavy handed kind of way, but very much in a real world, ambiguous, open to interpretation kind of way. Uh, Some of the emptiness uh, that, that one feels after a sexual encounter goes not as good as your brain had built it up to possibly be. Right. It's never as good as your dream. Yeah. So this one hits the nail on the head and I really think this is a good one. Uh, guys may not get it. Uh, I definitely feel like I'm underqualified to even talk about some of the high points of this movie, uh, without sounding like a mansplaining. Right. So, yeah, I'll shut up, but <laughs> it's good. It's worth watching. I, I really thought it was a good one. So, yeah, that's me. That's my top 23, and I think that uh, it was a fun year. I think year. we wrapped it up, brother. Yeah, yeah. It was a weird year for movies, though. I, I don't – there were no – I can tell by the, the lack of overlap that there was a diverse yeah, field also, of films. We also struggled a little bit to get the old number. Yeah, to get the full twenty-three. At first, I was sitting at twenty-three, and I was like, "Wow, I'm not happy with this." So I kind of dug around and said, "Oh wait, this movie, like you said, some twenty-two films that didn't show up until twenty-three, kind of slid in under the wire." Right. Um, so that's it, folks. Uh, that's our list. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed listening to us drink our bourbon counties and get it's progressively really good. <laughs> get progressively more wasted. Um, Travis, uh, what's next? Um, I think that I would like to apologize in advance to the listeners about how gloriously drunk I'm going to be on the next episode. Oh, it's our 300th episode. so The 300th episode, I'm going to put the balls to the wall. And you will hear it in my voice. Well, good, because, you know, it will be a new year and uh, definitely time for us to celebrate uh, 300, uh, 300 episodes. That's a that's a milestone. So uh, hopefully everybody will stick around and check that out. You can find us on social media. We are Cinema Chop Shop everywhere except for YouTube. We're Cinema Chop Shop podcast. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends all about us. Well, that's going to do us uh, for this week and for this episode. Thank you for joining us. And But before we go, we want to tell you one last time in the year 2023 to please watch Chop, watch retrofit. Chop retrofit. Retrofit. Uh, we got a little delay there. Thank you so much, Clean Feed, for your help.